0: We are a group of uh, broken people, right? And, and sometimes we depend on one another uh, to love us. And we're getting ready to talk about this. Uh, and you all can be seated. Uh, I'm thankful for that time of, of worship this morning. Um, but we depend on, and sometimes we look for love, look to love from other people. And so many times they'll let us down. Because we're human, and we let each other down. Uh, but nobody can love us like Jesus. You notice the theme this morning in our songs, Amazing Love. Nobody loves me like you. And uh, we come to a message here this morning um, called Love One Another. And uh, we are continuing this series called Hold Fast, where we look, we're looking at this long book, right? A long book, the epistle of Second John. It is a whopping thirteen verses. This week, I was uh, as we were preparing to uh, continuing to prepare, and people were volunteering, donating, helping, giving so many ways to, to open Faith Life Market. Um, Mountaintop News came down, and we we did an interview, and I don't think they've they've done the story yet, but maybe it'll run this weekend or tomorrow. Uh, but I was getting interviewed, and uh, Jeremy is the the guy that was interviewing me, Jeremy Thacker, and uh, and. I've done, I don't know, in the last 10 years in my line of work, I've probably done 500 or more media interviews. And I was sitting down, and uh, we were talking, and he asked me these questions. All these long, open-ended questions, and I'm a a preacher, I can talk, right? If you ask me a question, and he laughed at us over, he's like, you're one of the two people I know I can ask two questions and get everything I want to know about anything. And uh, so he'd ask me these two questions, uh, like, so what's going on here? I mean, that's pretty wide open, right? I could talk. How long you got? Uh, and he said, so what are you going to have in here? Um, and so I just talked about the mission, the heart of what we were trying to do there in Faith Life Ministries, uh, really our intent to inspire and equip people to live out their faith with purpose. And, um, and so he, at, at the end of it, he was like, all right, I want you to tell me in one sentence why you're here. And in that moment, as I've been reflecting on it, I thought about this truth that brevity or being brief can bring clarity, <laughs> right? When you've got just a few words to say really what's at the heart of you, you've heard of an elevator pitch, right? Don't give me a 20-page business plan. We're riding up the elevator. You've got two seconds to tell me what you're about. And then I started thinking about Second John. I thought about this, uh, the Apostle John, the one who wrote the gospel according to John, who early in his life walked with Jesus. He's now in his 90s when he wrote this letter. And I thought about him penning these 13 verses, and while they are not that long, and you can read them in just a few moments, the truth and the message that is there can last you a lifetime. And I thought, this is, this is John who's writing this one little letter. And I was trying to imagine if I was writing 13 verses to someone, what would be in it? And I thought this is kind of what he was forced into and, and what I was forced into when he said, give me one sentence. And I think that one sentence, uh, it was a run-on paragraph, I'm pretty sure, uh, if it was written out. But here's, here's, what, here's what I said. We're not selling coffee. We're not selling thrift stores. We're selling purpose. We're not selling purpose. We're giving purpose. We're connecting people who believe and have faith in Jesus Christ to show them that Monday through Saturday, they, they, they can live that out with purpose, whether they're a teacher whether they're a nurse, whether they're a doctor, whether they're a carpenter, whether they're a stay-at-home mom, no matter what they are, they can live their life out in purpose, because the world will tell us that we have no purpose. He said, that I get, that makes sense. And so here was John, he had these few verses he was going to write, and what does he talk about? It makes it critically important, right, when you think about it that way, well, Okay, he's got these few verses. What's he going to tell the, the reader about that He was writing this to, which we talked about last week. At, at verse 1, it says, to the lady. And we some people think it was a literal lady in a church, and a ministry. It started somewhere, or it was an illustration for an entire body of a church. Uh, but either way, he had a few things to say. What did we talk about last week? What was the core message of last week? Truth. Truth walking in Truth, real, unadulterated truth. Can't be changed. It just is what it is. There is absolute truth in this world. There's absolute right and wrong, and there is truth. And we talked about how that impacts our life. He goes straight from that. Uh, let's see here if I've got the verses. Let's look at Second John chapter, no, chapter 1, because there's only one chapter. Second John verse 4. It has given me great, uh, it has rejoiced greatly to find some of your children walking in the truth just as we were commanded by the Father. In verse 5 he says, And now I ask you, dear lady, not as though I were writing you a new commandment. This is not a new commandment, but the one we have had from the beginning that we love one another. He goes into verse 6 and says, And this is love, that we walk according to his commandments. This is the commandment, just as you have heard from the beginning, so that you should walk in it. That verse basically says if you love Jesus, you will obey his commandments, and you will walk in love. Verse 5, it says, it asks them to love one another that's what john asked that's the title of this message you see this uh see if this little graphic we made up cuz i was thinking in today's time how 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 fast things pass by and in an age where we are uh much more likely to uh send a caring reaction on a facebook post right i care you know the little heart and a hug than to dig deep into, I think, what John was talking about here. That goes beyond double clicking or clicking and, and, and sending you know, a, a text message you got and putting a heart on it. Uh, and this is talking much deeper uh, than that. And so what does it, what does it mean to really love one another? Why is it important? Um, and we're going to talk about all that today. One, we know that uh, uh, that he's having to tell us this for a reason. He's having to tell this lady this for a reason. He's telling the church this for a reason. We find that truth and love are central to everything John writes. Why do you think he wrote this? Why is this? I got 13 verses. I'm gonna talk about truth and love. I think it's because one, it is foundational to our life in Christ. But two, I think it's because our human tendency to not do it. Right? We we believe it. You all hear it and you say, oh yeah, I love one another. I love each other. And then the very minute somebody crosses your path, someone that doesn't look like you, someone that doesn't talk like us, someone that uh, has done something we disagree with someone who looks different some I mean you just think about all these things and we begin to to disconnect ourselves from them and we don't dive, in, dive into the depth of loving that person like we should we have just when we talked about we spent a whole Sunday morning on racism and the capacity of the human heart to be judgmental to be critical and we have to start there and realize he's telling us this because we don't do it well, all right? And he's calling us to pay attention to it and make a special effort to do it better. And so you have to start there and say, all right, this week I probably did not love people like I should have. But this coming week I want to, and I'm going to do better. First John 4, 7, we find that love is not... For our sins. See, it wasn't a feeling, it wasn't said God just sat in heaven and felt a way about us. It says He did something. He sent Jesus as an atoning sacrifice for sin. We find that love always includes choices and actions. We were watching, you know, this highly uh, um, theological Hallmark movie last night. And uh, they, were, they were talking, um, you know, it's always a love story. It's basically like you, if, if you all watch Hallmark movies, you know, Beth turns them on and I have to watch them. I, I don't like them or anything. Um, but it's always the same pattern, right? It's always like the exact same pattern, but it still hooks you in. But they were talking about feeling and love and how uh, it, it's butterflies, right? It's butterflies when you meet someone and that lets you know that you care. And butterflies are good, but there's not always butterflies. And we find that truth is a set of choices and actions that we make. And actually turning love into something we do just because we feel like we should, because we feel like it, because it makes us happy, because there's butterflies, when it turns into that, it becomes just the opposite of what Christ was. It becomes selfish. It can become self-centered because I'm only doing what makes me happy. And even in a spousal relationship, we find that the Bible teaches us that the husband should be willing to die for the wife. If that's not sacrificing, if that's not self-sacrifice, if that doesn't mean, if we should be willing to do that, we should probably be willing to cancel a fishing trip for our wife. doesn't mean we always should. Our wife should want us to go, but we should be willing to not go. But it also says that the wife should serve The husband. That these two relationships are are the same, really. It's just about putting each other first. And that is really what love is. about this commitment of decisions and actions that are selfless, that are about someone else. So I want to look at a couple verses, three things I want us to talk about real quick, uh, about why loving one another is important. Why are we even talking about this? Why does it matter? Why is, it, why is John digging into this again? Because this is old man John. Remember, he's in his 90s. If you're in your 90s in here, I'm sorry, you're watching. Uh, but, I mean, being old is something to be proud of. If you're in your 90s, I think that's a safe category to say somebody's old, isn't it? And all the nine years old said, no, it's not. Uh, but he's in his 90s, right? And I want, you, I want to take you back to this other letter he wrote the gospel according to John, and things he heard with his own ears from Jesus when he walked with him. I want you to hear what Jesus had to say and why this must have still been burning on John's heart. That if I'm going to tell you one thing, walk in truth, hold fast. This world, you'll be in storms, and the world will try to distract you and pull you from the truth. Hold fast and walk in love. Love one another. Walk in truth and love. They're inseparable. Once we have truth, have Christ in our heart, we begin and will love one another. But in John, uh, let's see, we got it here. John chapter 13, verses 34 through 35, this is Jesus talking to his disciples. He says, A new commandment I give to you, that you love one another. John John didn't come up with this saying, He's telling this lady what he heard from the mouth of the way, the truth, and the life. This is the truth. It's a commandment straight from Jesus' mouth. That you love one another just as I have loved you. You also are to love one another. I mean, how many times can he say it in two verses? By this, all people will know that you are my disciples if you have love for one another. The first reason it's important for us to love one another is the way we'll be known. It is the way we, followers of Christ, will be known. We'll be known by the way we love one another. That's why it says there pretty good. By this, all people will know that you are my disciples if you have love for one another. It doesn't say you will be known by the clothes that you wear. It doesn't say you will be known by uh, your haircut. It does not say you will be known um, 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 by the... The, the church you go to, it doesn't say you will be known by, the, by the, your, your religious uh, approach to going to church every Sunday. Uh, you will be known. The thing that will make you different from the world. Okay, that's what he's saying. The thing that will make you different is loving one another because the world can't do it. I think we see that. Anybody disagree? That absent truth in Christ, it's really difficult for people to love one another and get along. But he teaches that if we have truth in this, that we should be able to love one another. It's important because this is what we'll, what we'll be known by. This is how we stand out and we be a peculiar people. It's how we will be known. Second thing we find is that, it's, first, it's the way we will be known. It's the way God will be seen. No one has ever seen God. First John four twelve. If we love one another, God abides in us, and His love is perfected in us. Absent someone, open uh, completely, uh, completely disconnected from faith and Christianity and God. Absent them picking up this Bible. And opening it themselves, and reading or listening to a preacher, the way, the only way they will ever see God, is by us living, and loving one another. It says, no one's ever seen, him. no one's put eyes on him. But I, I, I'll tell you, when we get together and we love one another, and we love other people. People begin to say, "Wait, is God real?" nobody else treats me this way. It's not this way uh, at, at the other clubs and the other groups I'm part of. Because we're not just a club. We're not just a group. We are the body of Christ. And when we act and when we love one another, God will be seen. And I'll share just this third thought. That one, it's the way we will be known. Two, it's the way God will be seen. Three, it's the way the world will be reached. It, um, this word, this preaching on Sunday mornings, the, the the why why we're here, and I'm seeing this already start to happen. God's had this on my heart for years as we've been at this as I've been pastoring this church, is that the way the world is reached is outside of these walls. That you you see in the Old Testament, they didn't even, or the New Testament, the early church, they did not even have buildings where they went to church. That they preached, they taught, they were everyone was out sharing the gospel. They lived different, so it caught people's attention. They were in the market square. They were everywhere sharing just truth and loving one another, and that's the way the world will be reached. I want to look uh, one more time here at this. This last verse in Second uh, John that we're looking at this, this morning in verse 6. It says, and this is love, that we walk according to his commandments. This is the commandment, just as you heard from the beginning, so that you should walk in it. He's saying love one another. I want to talk about those three things I just said about should motivate us right this is the way we're going to be known it's the way God's going to be seen it's the way we're going to reach the world but he's telling us here to be obedient which in a sense is telling us to live righteously and so I want to just pause there for a minute and say it's real easy uh, and I got this quote uh, from Alistair Begg. I want to read it. It says, Although acceptance in Christ is not secured by obedience, a life of obedience out of love reflects the preeminence of God's reign in our heart. Does that make sense? That we're not obedient to be accepted by Christ. That's not what makes us accepted. We cannot do anything good enough, right enough to be accepted by Christ except for have faith in him. But once we've accepted him, once we've been accepted by him, we've accepted him in our heart, that out of the love and respect, he changes our heart, and obedience should come out of that. And so here when he's saying this is love, that one walks according to the commandments, what is not the motivation, and sometimes, I don't know, when you were a kid, I was a kid, You know, always felt, felt like, man, if I do something wrong today, I'm going to go to hell. Right? right? You don't do that. You don't lie. Liars go to hell. Right? Don't don't steal. Don't do this. And and, and, and you're you're like every day you're tallying up like God oh, I lied a lot more today than I told the truth. I'm, it's hopeless. Right? And you're tallying it up and you get to this mindset that the motivation to be good is to get to heaven. Okay? That man, I have to get to heaven. I got to be good today. I got to be good today. I got to be good today. And the motivation becomes so I can get to heaven. And I want you to just take a big, deep breath. And when we say, when we stand up here and sing, uh, I am free, free indeed. When we sing, I have been set free, that is what we are singing about, is that we are free from that bondage of knowing today, and whether I go to heaven right now depends on what good I've done and what bad I've done since I've asked God to forgive me. That is not what God, it's not what John is teaching here. It's not what Jesus taught. Jesus taught us that if we have faith and we love him, then we become obedient. Obedience is just a reflection of a heart change that's already happened. And it's real easy when we have that obedience and we start... Uh, start changing, our lives change, and we start to live more righteous, and we get closer, and we grow closer and closer to a life that looks like Christ. It's not perfect. I, it'll never be perfect. But as we start, the, there's a, the risk of self-righteousness. Y'all ever met self-righteous people? They go to church every Sunday. They don't say cuss words. They, you know, they, they, they got a good job. They are perfect, you know, and they are good. And, and, the, and the first person that makes a mistake is off the list. Is that real or not? Any good that comes out of our lives comes from our maker. We have no reason to ever to find any level of self-righteousness. To think that because I did something good, I deserve heaven because you didn't do enough good. You can't do uh, uh, little enough bad to get there. Only one way to heaven and that is through faith in Jesus Christ. By faith through grace are we saved. Not by works lest any man boast. All right. That's the summary of what i just said sometimes we will want to act good be obedient to be pleasing to others parents friends social circles just talked to somebody last night i was talking to him it's like i lived my whole life man being a christian playing one he's 45 because his family was christians they all went to church I played it my whole life, played the game. I pretended to be good. I acted good. I I dotted all the I's. I crossed all the T's. And I did not have a personal relationship with him. I didn't realize it was deeper than that. And so sometimes, just because of our social circles, we will try to do the right things, be the right things. It's not the right motivation. We find why Should we love him? John wrote in his first epistle, in verse 11, Beloved, if God so loved us, if he loved us, we ought to love one another. That if he was willing to go to the cross for an outright enemy. I've shared with you all, there's times in my life that I didn't even believe in him. I wouldn't talk to him. The Bible says, while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. That if he could love us that much, that if we could be his greatest enemy, enemy and he has his hand outstretched to to befriend us to offer us hope in a dying world that if he loved us like that why can we not love one another like that because this plays out in relationships right one another it plays out in how you treat your spouse how you treat your children how you treat your co-workers how you treat a stranger. How you treat uh, the person you go to church with. It plays out. And that's how we're known. It's how God will be seen. It's how the world will be reached. I'm going to do my part on Sunday mornings and feed you. The Word, if I feed the Word as God puts in my heart, and I'm obedient, everyone in this building, everyone here, no matter where you are, should begin to walk in truth, not because of what I said, but because you heard the truth. And you should start to love one another. You should start to look at people that you can't, couldn't stand before and think, oh man, it's just a broken person. They are just broken I'm broken different ways, but they're broken too. Give me, Lord, give me some patience. I can, I can do this, but I see, I mean, if you can love them, because <laughs> he does, I'm going to love them. We fail this in lots of different ways. I wrote three down that I could think of ways I've failed in loving one another. Um, and, and the first one I kind of already talked about, but judging and talking about them, right? That's so easy to get into. Oh man, what doctrine they believe, what this or that, what they've done, how they what they did Saturday night, what how they've lived their life, how many marriages they've had. I mean, whatever it is, right? That is not loving one another. Withholding. Right when God puts things on your heart, you ever get just a burden on your heart like I need to call that person. That person needs to hear from me. That person needs a piece of encouragement. That person needs something. And then we get busy, and we go on. And then really the third way that I've been guilty of is trying to change or fix people yourself, people you can see what's wrong, and you just tell them what's wrong, and you're trying to fix and change it. And God just slowly reminds you that he's the only one that can change your heart. <laughs> He's the only one that can change people. That our role is really just to point people to Jesus. We can't fix them. We can't change them. I can promise you, as John wrote to this lady, that he was not asking her to fill butterflies <laughs> when he said love one another. He was saying, I got this short window of things I want to say to you. One, you better hold fast to the truth. And two, if God's message is going to reach the world, you and your friends and your family and your neighbors, you better love one another. And in loving one another, he was asking her to make choices, to be obedient to God's commandments and take action. This week, I just ask that you think about how. How this week am I going to love one another? How are we going to love one another? What can we do? What can you do? Who can you reach out to? This time of isolation is it is difficult for many, many people and uh, a couple months ago, we started to process our elders of just calling people who we hadn't seen that had attended church pretty faithfully and just calling and checking in on them. And, and, and so many of them crying because they got a phone call. Yeah. Thankful that someone reached out and to know that someone cares. I'll tell you how this kind of works. And um, this week at the market, we've been thinking about, uh, well, one, we're going to open September 15th um somehow i don't know god said that's the date we're going to open so we're going to open and um so we we posted that we're going to hire some positions and we hired this we're going to hire a barista someone to make coffee we need somebody to make coffee i knew in my heart we don't need someone that knows how to make coffee because what we're not selling coffee we're selling purpose and to create purpose It comes through relationships and and being able to welcome people and feel like you're at home, feel like you're at a place where people care about your future and not only care about it, but pour into it and help you uh, find what God's purpose is for your life. And so we, um, uh, several weeks ago, we were over at the market. I'm going to share the story, and then we're going to wrap up. And my in-laws, Dan and Ginger, were coming. Uh, to To help do something or we were we were having something there, and on Hambly Boulevard out there, they came across a wallet a l- woman's wallet that was in the middle of the road uh they They stopped, they picked it up and uh and and brought it on with them and uh and she, somebody dropped the wallet, had a bunch of cash in it uh had their their driver's license and cards and so we were able to figure out who it was and and get up with them. I was kind of laughing and saying, you know I mean you all came across it kinda of thinking it's probably been there a while. It could have just she could have just like dropped it while she was walking across the street. I was kind of playing that scenario. it would be funny. You know, if she was standing on the sidewalk, and turned around to go back and get her wallet, she just dropped, and the car just stopped and snatched it up and went on. Uh but they had this wallet so we got a hold of her and uh and she had driven on to Prestonsburg. She'd left her phone and her wallet on top of her car. And uh, the phone had been run over already by the time she got back. But I think she had turned around pretty quick and come back and got her phone. The wallet was already gone. So she went on to Prestonsburg, probably thought, what? Money's gone. I'm never going to see this again. And um, and so when she got there, uh, she was bawling, crying on the phone when she found out we had it and we cared and we sh- the money was still there. And, uh, and, and when she got there and... Um, she had tattoos, and you know it was. It was she's she's uh, she shows up. She's crying. And she's so thankful. We give her a wallet. and We were kind of joking. You like that? You think this is our barista? You think God's working this out? And I had her drop her wallet. And we're gonna get our first barista. And because uh, I'd looked on her, we'd looked on her Facebook, and she'd served and she'd worked in restaurants before. So we asked her, kind of half joking, you know, you wanna make coffee? <laughs> and uh, she did not know how to make coffee. Um, and so we just said, well, we're opening a coffee shop, and we got a church over here. And Ginger was talking to her and inviting her, and um, just we just loved her. We saved her wallet, gave it back to her, and um, and so we post these positions, and then uh, we get two or three re- applications, and the fourth one I get is her online, and and uh, I'm looking at it, and a simple act. We did simple things. And in and, and her comments about why she would want to work here, she was like, I think this might have purpose for me and I can and, and restore my faith. And so I was like, Bethany, read this. And, and so we called her. We sat down, had an interview. We sat down and talked to her. She was the first interview we did. Um, and she was just talking about what she was going through in life, the challenges she was having, addiction in her family, uh, all these things, right, just up against the odds, new little baby, and um, and God was just pressing on my heart like, this is going to be the first one, this, this is this is the person you had on your heart when this person God had in his heart, the first of many to begin to change the outcome of their lives simply by loving one another, and at the end of our interview, she was crying and saying, I think this was meant to be, I didn't want to be like uh, you know, too, uh, too cheesy and say that that I think I dropped my wallet. I think I did all these things because so I could be here in this place. And I was thinking, if you only knew the list of things God has done in my heart and my life to get me sitting here to even care about you, you would know that there is purpose, that God never does anything on accident. There are not accidents in your life. There is purpose in your life, and it's all drawing you to Him. And if we can simply get outside this building, I don't mean we, I mean the church, capital C, Christians, and be in that place over there. All of a sudden, there was a place that wasn't us just saying, you need Jesus. It was us just loving her and figuring out how we can help. First interview, got more to interview, don't even know who the others are. She has no idea how to make coffee, and I'm, I'm like, God, this... I'm feeling God says she's the one. She's higher, higher. And so before she left, I was like, "Do you do you want the job? <laughs> like, like 'cause because we told her all. I was like, we might not be here in a month. We don't know what we're doing. We don't know how to make coffee. But do you want the job? Like, will you work here?" And she was like, she was bawling and crying, saying, "Yes, yes, this is." And, and so we had prayer together. Prayed for her. Prayed for her fiance and her her baby and all of a sudden, just this, by faith, New Beginnings Church, by faith, we've stepped out, we've taken risk, we've, we've done things, we've gone into the unknown, and one life has already begun to be changed, and there's going to be more and more. And it starts on this foundation, it was this important to John, that if he's going to write 13 verses, he's going to say three things, we've talked about two of them, one walk in truth. he knew if we were going to reach the world we've got to love one another if you would stand with us I just want to share that the the reason we can say to people when they say well why do you care why are you here caring for me I've not done anything to deserve this that we can just simply say listen I've gotten way more than I've ever deserved in Jesus that God loved us so I'm going to love you and I didn't deserve it but I'm going to live out this morning there's some things that's been uh, haunting you, things you've been carrying, burdens you've been been weighing you down. This morning we're going to sing this song that just, is this simple call to action. It says, come to the well. And it starts by saying, just leave it all behind. And you can sing that with us this morning. Sing this song with us. Listen to the words that says we can find living waters and believe. Listen to these
1: words. in the desert and soon all the world will see the living water is found in me cause you came to the well and all who thirst
0: Are you thirsty thirst this morning?
1: no more.
0: have you been trying to work and it all, all out on your own with us this leave morning it all behind. let's just do it together
1: leave it, leave it all behind leave it all behind leave
0: it all behind god this morning we leave it all behind we give it to you our doubts our fears god our self-righteousness god our selfishness god these things we know Changing and turning us to look towards you, God, we pray, God, that as a congregation, as people who stepped out in faith in you, God, that we could live it, that, that we would be known by the way we love one another, that God, you would be seen in places that uh, people don't expect to see you, and God, that we could reach the world for Jesus Christ. God, we just ask all of these things, God, give us more than butterflies. God, call us to real love, to strong choices, big decisions, and action that exhibits what we feel in our heart, what you've placed in our heart, what you've called us to. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. God bless you all. Have a great week. Join us next Sunday morning. Um, if you. Uh, if you follow us on Facebook and you will be part of a, a greater conversation, we've got a Facebook group as well, so please feel free to find that. Join it. We'll get you added in there. I usually the do a live stream on Wednesday nights. I um, we'll pray everybody has a blessed week and blessed Sunday. Happy